0: Put your hands up in the air. Like an ogre, just don't care. Oh, can you dance by a grip? Mama ma. Flying off from a clip. Mama ma. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of Pewter Report. Com. It is a Thursday edition of the show, the last one of the week, and we're going to take a look at the entire NFC South draft class. We've covered the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a lot this past week, understandably so, with the draft uh, last weekend. Overall, thought the Bucs did a pretty damn good job with uh, filling a lot of needs on this team and really bulking up and adding depth at uh, specific uh, specific. Positions too. So, um, we talked a lot about the Bucs. We're going to talk about the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Saints as well on today's show. I'm your host, Matt Matera. I'm riding solo Dolo once again. I apologize for those that are sick of my voice. Uh, We're supposed to have another guest on, but had a last minute cancellation. So, as they say, the show must go on. And I am hosting live from my hotel room where I am fairly close to a bodega but we'll talk more about celsius energy drinks in just a little bit want to say thank you to everybody watching the show this afternoon uh we're going to talk a lot of the nfc south but i think first it's important to discuss a little bit of news doesn't directly affect your tampa bay buccaneers but it is a former buccaneer that we've talked a lot about over the past couple of months and that is Donovan Smith, as uh, Grace Point says. Good evening, Matt. What up, Grace Point? Good to uh, talk to you. Tom says, Go Bucks as well. So, this news broke a little bit after yesterday's show was done. Former Bucks left tackle Donovan Smith is going to, of all teams, the Kansas City Chiefs. I will put that article in the uh, comments for everybody to check out if you haven't already read it. He signed a one-year deal that's up to $9 million. So that doesn't mean he's getting paid $9 million. It just means that with incentives and, and everything of that nature, Donovan can make up to uh, that proper amount. Let me uh, throw this in the comments real quick. And quite honestly, I'm happy for Donovan Smith. Um, he's had his ups and downs in Tampa Bay. I think a lot of people... We're angry with him towards the end of his uh, tenure with the Bucs. And then they obviously released him to save a chunk of money. And now we'll find out who's going to be the, the starting left tackle of Tristan Wirf's move over moves over. But you gotta remember, Donovan Smith was at his best during the 2020 and the 2021 season. You know, maybe it was because Tom Brady was in town, maybe it was the fact that the Bucs really for the first time in Donovan's career was a contender and not just specifically Donovan, you could have said the same for Ali Marpet, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. So across the board, I'm not talking specifically about Donovan, but he gets to go to the chiefs. Uh, We'll see if he ends up being a starter, if he's like the top backup on the board. But I think something about playing with the contender, playing on a great team is a motivating factor for everybody, but especially donovan smith going into a new situation and you know he had a lot of turmoil last year um a lot of personal turmoil i should say that i think really did affect his game so maybe just going to a new area wiping the slate clean that can really start a a new chapter for donovan and when you go to a great team with patrick mahomes as your starting quarterback how could you not be excited about it you know um I'm just very happy for him that he's going to stay in the league, go to a team that's contending. Donovan's a a great guy. He's been on this show before, and uh, we'll see what happens. (laughs) Um, Nathan Elliott says, D. Smith is going to be the end of Mahomes. I don't know. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has played through a lot of injuries over the past couple of years. Flash Gordon says, wow, the Chiefs had no other options. I'm shocked. Well, they let – who was their offensive tackle? I believe it was Orlando – pace jr or orlando brown jr I, I always get it uh i always get it confused but they let him walk in free agency and um so they needed to they needed to fill that role they did uh sign jawan taylor so um you know the, the chiefs did address that but this is a great opportunity for donovan smith as i keep saying and it's so interesting to see the pipeline of former buccaneers going to the kansas city chiefs you had Justin Watson a couple of seasons ago. He had uh, Mike Edwards this offseason. Blaine Gabbard this offseason. And now Donovan Smith. Excuse me. Donovan Smith becomes the latest Buccaneer to go over to Kansas City. I think he's going to love playing for Andy Reid. And he's obviously a uh, Hall of Fame coach. His only Bucs fan says. Donovan doing TikToks with Jackson Mahomes. I'd stay away from Jackson Mahomes at the moment. He's in a uh, bit of hot water. And then Nathan says, Donovan Smith is going to get hit with more holding calls because he will not be able to keep up with where Mahomes is at in or out of the pocket. Yeah, Nathan, also a good point. Ronald Jones is another one that was on the Chiefs. Uh, he's no longer there. I believe he signed in, I want to say the Texans now. Either the Texans or uh, the Cowboys. I think he went back to to the state of Texas where He's originally from. Um, but yeah, a couple couple bucks on the move. And yeah, Patrick Mahomes does hold on to the ball, likes to make some crazy plays. So really it comes down to will the Chiefs get the 2020 and 2021 version of Donovan Smith, or will they get 22 that version of Donovan Smith? Yeah, Lenny says that uh Rojo went to the Cowboys. That's that's I knew it was the state of Texas. I just could not remember which one uh it was specifically. And, yeah, Donovan had a lot of costly, costly holding penalties last year. And it seemed like they always happen on third down as well. And not just on third down, but in opportunities where the Bucks converted a third and seven or a third and long the the couple times that the that the Bucs um, were able to convert those third and longs. And then something would just rear its ugly head with Donovan. Uh, I just think you got to, you know, have the, you know, the men in black memory just, erase the memory from last year wipe the slate clean and we'll see what Donovan can do uh with the Kansas City Chiefs next year but uh you know that's enough about Donovan Smith and former Buccaneers we want to talk about the current Buccaneers and the rest of the NFC South how that's going to affect your uh Buccaneers as they fight to win the division for the third year in a row uh trifecta and it's funny because the NFC South in general I feel like over the years whether Cam Newton was quarterback for the Panthers, or Drew Brees, all the years that he was with New Orleans, and Matt Ryan obviously won an MVP with Atlanta. It seemed like year after year there was a different leader in the NFC. Then the Saints kind of took a hold of it over the past couple of years. Before Tom Brady got to town, even when Brady made it Tampa, the Saints still won the division that year, and the Bucs got the wild card and ended up winning the. Super Bowl that year which obviously everyone will sign up for but just a reminder this was the Bucks draft class we're missing oh no we got everyone there there's one graphic that didn't have Jose Ramirez on it um, but yeah there's your Buccaneers draft class for the 2023 season you had Kalasha Kansi out of pit in the first round Cody Mock from North Dakota the offensive lineman in round two Outside linebacker, yeah, 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 Yaya Diaby out of Louisville. Bit of a reach, a little bit uh, in in round three. Probably more of a round four type of player, but nonetheless, Bucks wanted an edge rusher. They wanted a quick guy with power, and that's why they went with Yaya Diaby. Uh, Savassie Dennis was the Bucks' fifth round pick, their first pick on day three because they did not have a fourth round pick. Uh, and he's got a good chance to be a key special teams player and then maybe be the successor to Devin White and or Levante David Uh, Payne Durham out of Purdue the tight end he's going to make a nice one-two combination with um, (laughs) Darius I'm reading the comments as well I'll make sure I get to everyone's comments we're going to talk about the NFC South but since it's just me hosting again I'm Happy to essentially do a Bucks Q&A. More than happy to do that with everybody. So get your super chats in, get any questions that you want, and uh, I'm happy to answer them on today's show. We're going to make it all about computer people. Darius Miller says, Matt, with the Kendrick Lamar reference. Yeah, Darius, every single time I hear Yaya Diaby, that's really all I can uh, think of. And Emily says, hi, Matt. Smith will probably do good there with the mobile QB. Yeah, the only knock on Donovan Smith really was that uh, sometimes he would take plays off. So having someone like Mahomes doesn't really help that situation, but I think Donovan just likes working with greatness. And if the Chiefs get any semblance of what Donovan was in 2020 and 2021, um, that's a great signing for them. Uh, so getting back to the Bucks draft class, Payne Durham, tight end out of Purdue. Round six, uh, a nickel defensive back, played safety at Kansas State. Josh Hayes, uh, their second round six pick was uh, Nebraska wide receiver Trey Palmer had three touchdowns of over 70 yards and longer on the season and also had some kick return touchdowns so going to compete with Devin Tompkins for that kick returner role and you know could fight to end up being wide receiver four and maybe even move to wide receiver three depending on what happens with Russell Gage and then to round it out Eastern Michigan outside linebacker Jose Ramirez he was the last pick uh, of the sixth round, the 3rd sixth six-round pick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Field Schmidt says, Cansey is the next Aaron Donald. That's what they're hoping for. I mean, obviously played at Pitt. Both had the same measurements of one. Sorry, Warren Sapp had the same measurements as Kalijah Cansey, 6'1", 280. Aaron Donald was one pound more at 6'1", 281. So very close similarities, obviously playing at Pittsburgh. Aaron Donald sent a message to... Um, Kalijah Cansey after uh, after he was drafted by the Bucks, so that's pretty cool to see. Pitt obviously has a uh, great alumni of players that went on to the NFL and did a really just an exceptional job. So there were I rounded up a couple of the draft grades of um, the Bucks and really all the the NFC South in general. Um, I looked at. Pro football focus, which obviously is is super helpful. Looked at PFF, I looked at Sports Illustrated and NFL.com. T- try, try to keep it to pretty well established programs and, and people that watch uh, the you know watch the draft, pay attention to it. We'll get to a couple of comments. Richie P says, "I've been hearing a few things that has led me to believe the Bucks wanted either Kalilah Kansi or Bijan Robinson. Have you heard anything crazy? If true." The Bucs really liked B. John Robinson, but who didn't like B. John Robinson? You know, um, they've been attached in the past, to. I know that they were huge fans of Jonathan Taylor as well when he was available in the draft a couple of years ago. And he ended up going to Indy. I think they liked B. John Robinson, but in the situation that the Bucs were in, I don't even really think Bijan was a legitimate reality for the Bucs, even if he dropped to 19. There was just so many areas to address in the NFL draft for the Bucks, And they didn't even get to all of it. You know, they didn't draft an offensive tackle. And you could have argued that offensive tackle was the number one priority. Um, so Bijan would have been much more of a luxury pick. And it hurts a little bit knowing that they're going to have to see him twice a season when he goes to the Atlanta Falcons. We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, Darius said PFF gave us an A-. minus." Yes, they did. I was actually about to get into that article from uh, Pro Football Focus, they gave the Bucks an A minus. That actually was the best grade out of the rest of the NFC South. The Panthers got a B plus, the Falcons got a B plus, and the Saints came in last with the B minus. Uh, but real quick, we'll read briefly what PFF had to say about the Bucks. Talking about Elijah Cancy he says he might be undersized, but Cancy is phenomenal as a pass rusher on the interior of the defensive line. His first step is elite. He's coming off a season where he led all players at the position with a 92.4 PFF pass rushing grade and should make an immediate impact as a pass rusher. Uh, the Buccaneers trade up with the Packers for Malk, talking about day two at the trading uh, 2022 starting right guard Shaq Mason. Malk played tackle in college and offers inside-outside versatility. He got a 91.1 grade from PFF that year. Bucks continue to add to the trenches, uh, with their first, with their, uh, third round pick with Yaya Diaby. Uh, he ranked in the 75th percentile among qualifying edge rushers in 2020. Um, they go on to talk about Hayes and Palmer and, uh, Ramirez as well. Of course, Savassier Dennis, uh, but overall got an A minus. So the highest grade out of the entire, uh, group, um, like I said, Panthers got a B plus, Falcons got a B plus, Saints a B-. The other two draft classes that uh, were graded, Sports Illustrated gave the Bucks a C+. They did not love what Tampa Bay did, but then NFL.com, Bucky Brooks gave them an A. So um, difference of opinions all over the place. For Sports Illustrated, the Panthers also got an A. The Falcons got a B and the Saints got a B. So the Panthers had the best grade, according to Sports Illustrated. And then for NFL.com, as I said, Bucks got an A, Panthers got a B, Falcons got an A minus, and the Saints got a B plus. So you really look at all of it. And Bucks, when you round it out, had the best grade out of uh, most of their NFC South rivals. Uh, we'll talk about the Panthers draft class in just a moment. Richie says, good, grade and accurate, in my opinion. Felix Schmidt says, Chris Sims had Sean Tucker as his RB4. Yeah, that was actually something I wanted to talk about as well. We had an episode on Tuesday where we discussed the Bucks undrafted free agents. And I was saying that Sean Tucker is the headliner of this undrafted free agent draft class. So you can make the case for Tennessee linebacker Jeremy Banks as well. But uh, yeah, Chris Sims had him ranked pretty high. A couple of other draft pundits had Sean Tucker in their top 10 of running backs as well. So cool to see the Bucks pick up such a gem with Sean Tucker. We'll see what damage he can do. I personally think that he can not only make this team, but work all his way up to running back two and kind of spell Rashad White when he has some of those opportunities. So really like the signing of uh, Sean Tucker. He's all business as well. I said this the other day. He's kind of got a... Kawhi Leonard type of personality just very direct when he uh, answers questions which is totally fine you know as long as you're focused on winning that's kind of really all that matters to Bucks fans so let's talk about the Carolina Panthers draft um, as we as we look through it uh, with their first pick they obviously went with Bryce Young out of uh, Alabama and round two they got Bryce Young the wide receiver wide receiver Jonathan Mingo round three linebacker DJ Johnson. That one uh, didn't necessarily love that pick. We'll see what PFF has to say about it. Round four offensive lineman Chandler Zavala and then their last pick round five. So this, this is a team that's in a rebuilding mode. Clearly they traded up to get the number one overall pick. They only had five picks throughout the entire game. Draft And uh, that last one, though, I really like Jamie Robinson out of Florida State, a uh, pretty versatile safety can play in the nickel. I was hoping the Bucs could pick him up and uh, use him at the position. But it was Carolina that scooped him up only a couple of picks before the Bucks were uh, on the clock in the fifth round. So. Panthers got a B plus at a pro football focus. Uh, obviously, the Bryce Young pick gotta like that um mingo i was okay with him obviously it wasn't the strongest of wide receiver classes overall and so mingo i think round two maybe a little bit too early but overall i'm okay with the dj johnson didn't love that pick either felt like he could have got him uh, a little bit later but once again appreciate pro football focus for all their draft coverage they had some Some great insight on all the picks that each team made, not just the NFC South, but really every single team out there. Uh, We'll read a little bit from NFL.com as well. Uh, Starting with PFF, let me pull it up here. I got, I don't know how you guys are, but like sometimes you just have like so many tabs open, you you can't, uh, (laughs) you can only like keep so many open at once and then you're scrambling all over the place. Um, I just pulled it up. Um, I'll get to a couple comments first. Wayne Hack- Hankinson says, Tucker looks good on tape. Yeah, his highlight tape is pretty fun. His vision is fantastic. He's got enough explosiveness. Maybe not necessarily a home run hitter, but he will find the lane as quickly as he possibly can. I think that'll be important. And the reason that he was an undrafted free agent is that he had a medical condition so uh, with his heart as well, which is clearly very serious. Uh, but hopefully he can recover from that by the time training camp gets started and that'd that, that be a huge pickup for the Bucs. Uh, Frank G says, I miss Tom Brady. I miss him too. Uh, Bucks obviously got a lot of national coverage when Tommy Boy was in town. Richie P also says, I like that baggage over the uh, Jeremy Banks just saying. I don't totally understand that comment, Richie. Felix says, Bryce Young will get eaten by our new defensive line. Bucks trying to get quicker. Grace Point says, uh, the Panthers knew what they were doing. Link is with a very nice comment. Happy to see your face, Matt. Looking good. Thank you. Yeah, the scar is um, is getting better. Not 100%, but uh, appreciate the kind words. And then uh, Grizz says, I think the Saints draft was pretty cheeks overall. Panthers and Falcons draft looked okay to me. I will agree with that. I don't want to jump the gun here. I do think the Saints draft was the worst out of the NFC South, without question. But let's get into what PFF said about the uh, Panthers draft. One more time, Bryce Young with the first pick. Jonathan Mingo, round two. DJ Johnson, an edge rusher out of Oregon, round three. Chandler Zavala from NC State, a guard in round four. And Jamie Robinson in round five. Uh, Carolina moved up to number one overall, secured their potential franchise quarterback, despite concerns about his size. Young was the top QB on the PFF big board. Uh, He had a 92.9 passing grade talking about Mingo. They say Mingo was one of the biggest risers in the pre-draft process and finds himself in Carolina team up with Bryce young while his production in college was spotty. He has a good blend of size and athleticism. uh, To like his fit where uh, he fit in with the Panthers, not to mention he flashed off and on tape between unbelievable body adjustment and clean wins at the line of scrimmage. He was a four-star recruit at of Brandon High School, uh, first-team All-State his senior year. He started all 13 games in 2022. Uh, this is some more info about Mingo. Uh, tied for the team lead with five receiving touchdowns. He had 861 receiving yards on the season. He set a school record. This is from Panthers.com. Uh, set a school record with 247 receiving yards against Vanderbilt. That's just absolutely um, insane. PFF goes on to say uh, that the Panthers invested in their offensive line over the last several seasons, and they did it again with Zavala in the third round. He played over a thousand snaps at the FBS level, uh, but earned an 86.5 PFF grade as a pass blocker, and he adds explosiveness to the explosiveness to the interior offensive line. Um, and then they go on to talk about some of their their other picks as well. See what NFL.com had to say. NFL.com, while uh, PFF gave them a B B+, NFL.com gave them just a B. We go on to say, Young was the best quarterback in the draft, so the team's bowl trade for the number one overall pick has a real good chance to succeed. Mingo was excellent value in the second round, and Johnson could blossom as an edge rusher in time. Carolina sent a third-round pick to New England, Last year, to pick quarterback Matt Corral, which has not paid off thus far. Panthers only had two Saturday picks due to trades. Uh, talking about Robinson, Jamie Robinson. Robinson's instincts and agility will earn him playing time as a rookie. So, yeah, looking at the Saint, uh, sorry, the Panthers draft overall. You know, Bryce Young, obviously best quarterback on the board. Don't hate that. Really like Jamie Robinson's pick in the fifth round mingo i'm okay with really just johnson that i I felt you know has potential to be explosive i think kind of like yaya diaby was a little bit of a reach but uh that's what it was for the panthers draft ty freeman said banks was ranked uh 27th christopher cole who was the last alabama qb to do anything joe willie Namath. Actually, I don't know if that's true. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Bama QBs haven't really worked out at the NFL level. Well, Jalen Hurts. I'm curious, I'm curious to get the Peter people's opinion as well. Where does Jalen Hurts, does he count as a Bama guy? Like, can Bama fans claim Jalen Hurts? That's what I need to know. Because he played a lot of his career there, but then he ended it with Oklahoma because Tua came in. If Bama wants to claim Jalen Hurts, we can have that argument for another day. I just feel he would fall into that category, though, if he does. Okay, he was a Bama guy. Tua, when healthy, last season looked great. I just don't know how early he can, how early and often that he can stay healthy. Outside of that, Greg McElroy didn't do anything. AJ McCarron didn't do anything. It's been a long time since Bama quarterbacks really uh, proved something in the NFL. You got Joe Willie Namath, and we'll see what's up with Jalen Hurts. But, yeah, you do have a point. I feel the same way with USC quarterbacks, too. And we'll see what's up with Caleb Caleb Williams. It sounds like he's going to be the top quarterback off the board next year. But, like, Carson Palmer really was the exception to the rule when you look at it. Won a Heisman, um, had a pretty good career with the Bengals, and then ended up going to the Cardinals and the Raiders for a little bit. Bengals obviously couldn't win a playoff game once they made the postseason, but Palmer was a pretty good quarterback. But you look at the rest of the group, Mark Sanchez, the Sanchez, First two years of his career, got to the AFC Championship game, but I could be the first one to tell you that wasn't because of the Sanchez. That was from the Jets' defense. That was from their run game and their fantastic offensive line. Matt Liner didn't do anything in the NFL. John David Booty, Matt Barkley. So, yeah, USC kind of falls into that category as well. Um, so, USC and, to a degree, Alabama quarterbacks – may not have panned out. But uh, one thing that always pans out is when you're drinking a Celsius energy drink. Make Celsius your number one pick. There is no sugar and no uh, post energy drink crash or jitters that you might get with another product. So, if you want to find out where to get one at your local Walmart, Target, convenience store, or your bodega, I'm going to stop by a bodega in a little bit, pick up a Celsius because I am in New York the city of New York uh, right now. So I'm going to hit up a bodega and make sure I get it. Just go to the Celsius website, punch in your address and or location, and uh, it'll let you know where to find one as soon as possible. So check out all the great flavors that Celsius has to offer. And just make sure you're drinking a Celsius energy drink, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Let's see. Grizz says Matt Castle was serviceable for a guy who played like 10 snaps in college. (laughs) Um, Richie P says, Matt, you're like hall of fame, Ozzy Smith today, covering the chat and NFC South review, like the Oz. I really appreciate that Richie. Um, Sometimes it's tough to go solo. Dolo again, I didn't plan for it this way. So I apologize if uh, people were hoping to see a couple other Peter reporters, we try to do the majority of the shows with the, with a separate co-host or two um sometimes it didn't work out like I said we had a last minute cancellation so um, this is this is what we're rolling with but appreciate the kind words Richie you're the man Blinka says yep Matt do, doing his thing thank you very much as well Grace Point says Matt Ohio State also falls into that category I don't think their QBs have worked out I'm trying to think of the Ohio State quarterbacks over the uh the past couple of Seasons, obviously, Justin Field with the Bears, and we'll see what happens with C.J. Stroud this year. Uh, I would really have to look back on it. Like, how many quarterbacks were considered, you know, top-profile, high-level quarterbacks as well? I think that's important because um, not, not every Ohio State quarterback coming out was set to be, like, the top guy. Uh, but let's keep it moving. We'll talk about the Atlanta Falcons right now. They obviously have the most – Polarizing selection as Nathan says, Matt, you keep it up, that work in, carry the team. Thank you, Nathan. I appreciate it. I love all the Peter people. You guys are fantastic. Um, so they started off with Bijan Robinson out of Texas in the uh, first round. Then round two went with Syracuse offensive lineman Matthew Bergeron. That was someone that um, the Bucks were talking about. Uh, Scott Reynolds specifically was talking about him during. The Bucs day two draft preview when they didn't go with the main four offensive tackles off the board. Uh, Emily Campos says, you're doing a great job, Matt. We can't go wrong with Scarface. Yeah, feel free to call me Scarface, Maddie. But, Emily, thank you so much. Uh, JC, great to see you, man. Says, sup, Maddie. sup, chat. JC in the mix. Uh, but where was I? Yeah, so Bijan Robinson, obviously Falcons were all about the rushing attack last season ended up uh, having Tyler Algier, who was a late-round draft pick in 2022, got over 1,000 yards, even more explosive now. Uh, Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse in round two. Ohio State, Edge Rusher, Zachary Harrison in round three. Clark Phillips, the cornerback from Utah in round four. And then they had a couple of seventh-round picks. DeMarco Helms from Alabama, whose highlight tape is pretty fun to watch. I'm actually surprised he dropped all the way to the seventh pick. And then uh, South Carolina guard and center, uh, Javon Gwynn, another interior offensive lineman. I'm curious when you guys think whose draft class you liked more, the Panthers or the Falcons. Again, the Falcons was B. John Robinson, Matthew Bergeron, Zach Harrison, Clark Phillips, DeMarco Hellams, and uh, Javon Gwynn, the offensive lineman. Grace Point says J.C. should be the second host. Yeah, we're, we're going to get uh, J.C. on again very soon. He's a uh, busy guy and a family man as well. But, uh, you know, J.C. obviously is always welcome on this show. Let's get to what PFF had to say with the uh, Falcons, who they gave a B-plus with their grade. On uh, day one, He said teams wouldn't usually receive an average grade for taking a running back in the top ten, but it's hard to dislike this pick too much. Given how good Bijan Robinson was in 2022, uh, an impressive athlete at 220 pounds, he set a PFF record with 104 missed tackles forced in 2022, producing a 95.3 PFF grade. Uh, for day two, talking about Bergeron, he's a nimble tackle with a very in control play style. Uh, he played significant time at both tackle spots for Syracuse, but could cook inside to guard for Atlanta. Obviously Atlanta had a lot of uh, issues outside of Chris Lindstrom on the interior um, offensive line. So we'll see how much that they can improve uh, this time around. Day three, talking about Phillips, Clark Phillips. Uh, He's undersized and below average athlete. That's not a great combination, and that's why he slid to this point of the draft. However, Clark is a physical savvy Coverage defender who can compete for a role in the slot with Atlanta. Helms is a stout defender, earning an 86.8 grade in 2022. Yeah, I like that pick of Helms in the seventh round. If you're going to go with the safety, can't go wrong there. And then Gwynn is an undersized guard who put up 34 reps on the bench press and earned a very respectable 76 pass blocking grade in 2022. Um, He's an interesting fit. So, the Bijan, I... I like yeah. Chilla will says, uh, "Where's Casey? Casey is maybe even more busy than JC, as JC says. Casey's uh, been covering the Lightning, doing a fantastic job. Uh, we love and miss Casey for sure, but she is uh, absolutely awesome." Richie says that he likes the Falcons draft. Listen, I like Bijan the running back. I just don't know about Bijan in the first round when you just took a running back last year. I understand. He's all world. He's all different. This guy can change the game in the NFL. But let me ask you, what about Saquon Barkley? What did he do that was so different? He was a great running back. Giants didn't win their first playoff game until last year. Derrick Henry, the Titans are trying to trade him this year. They had a great run a couple seasons ago going to the AFC Championship game. Didn't even reach the Super Bowl. Great running backs just don't move the needle for me specifically. They're fun. They're exciting. I think if the Bucks, if if this was the 2021 season, I'd be like, yeah, go and pick Bijan Robinson. They they would have had a much later uh, draft pick that year. But Bijan, the Falcons, they're playing to their strength. so I, I can't fault them for that. I just think with a lot of the air, and the Falcons did address a lot in free agency, as JC says. Love Bijan, the running back. Hate, uh, hate him as a top ten pick. JC, I'm in full agreement. I don't hate the player, I hate the game. <laughs> in the sense, as uh, as they like to say. Bijan's extremely talented. I'm excited to watch him when he's not going up against the Bucs. Um, the Bergeron pick, I- I'm okay with. Obviously, kind of linked to the Bucs. Falcons needed to beef up that offensive line, which they obviously did. And uh, we'll see what's up with Harrison. I don't really love the third-round picks of really any team in the NFC South, whether it's Yaya, TJ Johnson, um, Harrison, Or the Saints went with Kendra Miller, and Miller falls into the Bijan category. I like Kendra Miller. I don't necessarily love him in the third round when there was a lot of running backs to get to. And, uh, you know, the the Saints obviously had a lot to um, address as well. So let's see what NFL.com had to say about the Falcons before we move over to the Saints. See if I could pull them up. Yeah, so the Falcons got an A-. They say the multifaceted Robinson was the best value available for a team trying to build an elite offense. Trading up for Vergeron made sense because of his guard tackle versatility, and Harrison fits as a long, strong base end. Uh, Phillips is small but tenacious. He'll flourish in the slot for the Falcons from day one. They picked up a downhill safety in Helms and short but ferocious center guard in Gwynn. Signing free agent receivers should be a priority for Atlanta. After the draft, interested to see. I think Atlanta is probably, we'll see what's up with the Saints, but Atlanta could be a threat to the bucks this year. And the MC South, in my opinion, is very much wide open, but don't sleep on Atlanta this year. Uh, Mark Fisher says, Yo, Matt, love getting off so I can listen live. Mark, thank you for joining us. You're always a uh, consistent commenter uh, in the chats, and of course, a frequent contributor and, uh, Donator to the site as well. Grace Point says the Saints are just disgusting. They don't like us. We don't like them. That is true. There is definitely bad blood. Shout out Taylor Swift. Uh, there is definitely bad blood between the Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So let's get into the Saints draft. Uh, their first round pick was Brian. I still, don't... I apologize. I keep getting his name wrong. I don't know if it's Brees or uh, Brissy or Brisey, but the Clemson uh, defensive player, he was their first overall pick uh, when they were on the clock. Let me pull up Nolens here. Uh, Yeah, he was their first pick. Second round, Isaiah Foskey. Round three, Kendry Miller out of TCU, the running back. Fourth round, Old Dominion offensive tackle Nick Sal Devery. And then also round four, Fresno State quarterback Jake Hayner. Uh Round five, Minnesota safety Jordan Howden. And then round six, wide receiver A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest. Don't mind the A.T. Perry pick. I thought that was all right. But, man, uh, you know, Breesy, one of the higher-rated defensive tackles in the class. I would take Kalijah Kansi over him. I don't think there's much of a discussion when it gets to that. Um, Going in round two, Foskey. I would put Foskey on the same level as Yaya Diaby in the third round. Saw Foskey up close and personal at the Senior Bowl. As Grace Point says, Foskey was a big reach. I don't understand that pick. I don't really understand it either, Grace Point. I think you could have waited another round to get him. Didn't think he was anything special at the Senior Bowl. I don't think he was terrible by any means, but Dewan Jones, the Ohio State offensive tackle that fell pretty hard in the draft, had some really good pancake blocks on him in one-on-one pass rushing as well, which is, I think, even tougher to do than when you're lining up 11-on-11. 11 11. And Foskey was, you know, kind of billed as the top edge rusher, one of the top defensive players going into the Senior Bowl, and I just was not impressed from what I saw when he was, Uh, being held up in high regard like that. Um, Aaron LeMaster says, I think I would rather have Diaby than Foskey. The Ohio State tackle shut him down. He absolutely did. DeJuan Jones was great. Uh, Mark Fisher says, Canty and JTS or White versus Robinson. Advantage Atlanta? Hmm. That's a good question. (sighs) Robinson's going to try to take advantage of you know, the over-pursuing of Devin White, but you also gotta remember, you know, you're talking about or you're talking about Rashad White. Well, yeah, I mean B I'm gonna give the the credit. Who you which which players are you talking about, Mark? Um, when it comes to White? Are you talking about Rashad White and you're comparing running backs or Devin White trying to um trying to cover B. John Robinson both in the passing game and in the run game? That, yeah, okay, you're talking about Devin White. Yeah, Devin's going to over-pursue, I think, a little bit. He struggled stopping the run last year. But I think with this new and improved defensive line, that's obviously going to – and the Bucks built a lot of speed to stick with B. John Robinson, obviously with Kalijah Kansi. And, uh, you know, Logan Hall is quicker than Will Golston at this point. Will Golston's not even on the team at the moment. But if Will does get re-signed, I still think Logan Hall should get um, a lot of playing time. Nathan says that JTS is terrible angles. I think JTS – is a little bit better stopping the run than he gets credit for. I know Josh Capo would uh, speak to that. Uh, but, yeah, round three, Saints go with Kendra Miller. Again, very exciting player. A lot of people had him as RB3. But, again, in the third round, I just don't see that, you know? And it's still crazy to me. Anthony Robinson, Jameer Gibson went 12th overall. Um, Southberry in the fourth round. Jake Hayner in round four makes – Absolutely no sense unless they just want a Drew Brees look-alike in terms of the height and the fact that he wears number nine, which he's not going to be wearing number nine in New Orleans. I don't understand that pick at all. This was not a great quarterback class after the initial guys of uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. After that, there was a significant drop off, and it was crazy to me that not only did Jake Hayner go in the fourth round, but there was a number of quarterbacks that got drafted in round four. I believe the um, the Purdue quarterback got drafted there. Um, the Georgia quarterback as well, Stetson Bennett goes to the Rams. That's a really interesting one. Uh, Thomas Robinson at UCLA. Uh, his first name has escaped me at the moment, but yeah, there were a lot of quarterbacks that went around four. Nothing about Hayner impressed me. Um, obviously, he can sling it down the field and had a lot of stats. During his Fresno State days, but man, I don't know. I thought that was a reach, especially when you have another Fresno State quarterback, Derek Carr, who just signed this big deal to be your quarterback for multiple years to come. I thought that was um, certainly a little bit surprising by the uh, New Orleans Saints with that pick. He was first team all Mountain West in uh, 2022. Started 10 games, missed four with with an ankle injury. He had 9,013 passing yards. That's a fourth all-time at Fresno State. So could definitely throw the rock around, but did not like that pick whatsoever. Um, Did like the A.T. Perry pick in the sixth round. Jordan Howden, you know, just trying to find another, another, um, another safety, another defensive player there. But, yeah, not a fan. Of the Saints draft, they by far got the worst grades out of all the groups. Uh, PFF gave them a B-, Sports Illustrated gave them a B. NFL.com gave them a B plus, so a little bit of a better rating there. Richie P says, uh, in my opinion, Kante's work ethic will surpass Jalen Carter in the long run, making him a better choice of the uh, Georgia defensive tackle. That remains to be seen, but that's a pretty bold statement, Richie P. Pretty, pretty bold, to say the least. Grace Point says, I think, he might be a quality backup. Let's get to a couple of the readings from PFF and NFL.com. For day one, talking about uh, the Clemson defensive tackle. A talented player on the defensive interior. He's coming off a season where he posted a career-high 82 grade for uh, pass rushing. He can play across multiple spots in the interior and even has some experience playing outside the tackles. Day two, Foskey has the size and athletic profile that New Orleans tends to covet on the edge. He uses a 34-plus-inch arms well to keep himself clean, but never dominated as a pass rusher at Notre Dame, like his sack numbers might indicate. Talking about Miller, uh, he was remarkably productive at TCU, averaging over 6.5 yards per carry over the last two seasons, 6.5 yards per rush, earned 88.5 rushing grade and 470 missed tackles. We have issue with Miller. Again, very talented. Maybe could have got him after round three. But you got Alvin Kamara there. You know, if Kamara misses sometimes, then, yeah, I get the pick. But, I mean, Kamara is usually the top dog there. Uh, yeah, so that was some of the analysis for day one and day two on NFL.com. And let's see what else they had to say before we go to NFL.com. But... Uh... Sal Verri, this is the offensive lineman, Sal earned an 85.1 pass blocking and gray in 2022 at tackle, but likely moves inside to guard. Both starting guards in New Orleans are entering contract years. If the Saints decline the fifth-year option on 2020 first-round pick, Cesar Ruiz. Sal was a late riser who generated a ton of buzz over the last few weeks And New Orleans, felt it was necessary to trade up to ensure it got him. Uh, Saints gave up a 2024 fourth-round pick, to move all the way up to T27 and pick Fresno State quarterback Hainer. uh, Yeah. Now, talking about Perry, his consistency left something to be desired at Wake Forest, but that's, this is great value for the Saints in round six. Talking about Howden, he earned an 80.6 coverage grade with an 18.4% forced incompletion rate. Uh, Forsyth played 805 snaps in 2022, producing a 72 grade. Uh real quick, let's just get to NFL.com what they had to say about the Saints. I thought they gave him gave the Saints a B plus. Gotta go to the bottom. New Orleans. Yeah, so they say the Saints should have had a top-ten pick this year, but it was sent to the Eagles as part of that trade at last year's draft. Uh, they took a reasonable risk late in the first, that pick they received from the Sean Payton uh, deal. Uh, Reese's medical issues are behind him. Uh, Fosky is their type of power, powerful base end, though Keon White was still on the board. Miller was a wise pick. Talking about Kendrick Miller, his open field burst could lead to explosive plays. Sal DeBerry fills the Saints' need for an athletic interior lineman but I thought he could go in round three. Hayner was the perfect selection as an efficient backup for Derek Carr with starter potential. So giving up a seventh rounder this year in a 2024 fourth round pick made sense. Safety was on their needs list too. And Howden made himself into a draftable player this season, sending tight end Adam Troutman to Denver to get a downfield threat. And Perry benefited both parties. So that is the write-up from uh, PFF and NFL.com on the Saints pick. Uh, I still don't think It was that good. Um, One thing I think is not good, but great, are all the flavors of Celsius. you got the Arctic Peach and Tropical Vibes. Can't go wrong with uh, a peach mango, a sparkling orange, sparkling watermelon, Fuji apple pear, sparkling kiwi guava, strawberry lemon lime, sparkling strawberry lemon lime. I've been having a lot lately. Um, If you want to buy it in bulk because you want to try out all the different flavors, get the variety pack on Amazon because variety is the spice of life. Uh, do the subscribe and save at amazon have it sent to your house or apartment every week month quarterly yearly if you want just make sure you're drinking celsius energy drinks the official sponsor of the peter report podcast you know we love our celsius energy drinks can't wait to have one sooner rather than later uh before we wrap up the show let's get to a couple of more comments Caleb Clemens says, I just picked, I just placed the Saints cover in, uh, I don't understand this comment, but I uh, appreciate you watching the show and commenting. Wayne Haskins says, Bucks should do great against a weak division. Yeah, so I truly, truly think that the Bucs have the best draft out of the NFC South, without question. I mean, the grades speak to it too. Obviously, it's all opinion, but I, I think the Bucs did a fantastic job with uh what they had in front of them, trying to find the value, not having a fourth-round pick either. But they were able to um, really get all the – address a lot of the areas that they want to go to. I would put – oh, man. I like the Panthers draft. I just – so few picks. I put the Panthers and the Falcons on the same level, maybe do the Falcons and then the Panthers after, and then the Saints – Riding the caboose as the uh, the last pick for uh, the Bucks draft, the Bucks draft class, the NFC South draft class um, in this year's group. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think that the, the NFC South is very wide open. Each team made some moves that make you go, "All right, all right, there's something to work with here." Obviously, the Saints with their quarterback, um, Panthers with their quarterback as well. Falcons did a lot on. The defensive side of the ball this year that they needed to, to shore up and added another weapon on the offensive side of the ball. And then the Bucks found a lot of value, whether it was signing Ryan Neal, whether it was bringing back Jamel Dean. You know, Matt Filer is a good depth piece. And then this draft class, Cancy going to make some noise. Cody Mock as well. Payne Durham, I think, can be helpful. Trey Palmer, watch out for him. So a lot of great options for the Bucs really finding that value, as Mark Fisher says, Uh, Wild to think we might have a better record without Brady uh, than we had with him talking about last season. And that comes down to offensive coordinator Dave Canales. As Grizz says, Canales has to deliver on offense. I think the change, the mix-up in offense is going to be super important. Uh, Richie P says, wonder why Canales didn't do an interview this week. Oh, guys, just so you know, um, the when we spoke to the defensive coaches the other day, that was all, it was just defensive coaches and special teams. It was not offensive coaches next Wednesday coming up uh, next Wednesday is when we speak to the offensive coaches. So we will for sure talk to Dave Canales then. So that's the only reason why we didn't get to speak to Dave Canales. We will be talking to him soon. Grace point says, Matt, I know this is off topic. But how would you grade the jet strap? I would give them a C plus a C plus, maybe an 80, 81, for a B I Um, I think they want an offensive tackle, but then the Steelers traded uh in front to go get Broderick Jones. I don't think they wanted Will McDonald, but McDonald's is crazy athletic. I like the pick of Tipman. Uh, I wish they would have got another offensive weapon for Aaron Rodgers. I know they drafted a tight end later, but I think I would have liked something a little bit earlier. So overall it's a C plus. I think they're very much they're clearly in win now win now mode because they traded for Uh, Aaron Rodgers, so I would have liked for them to address this year's team and not look too much into the future. Uh, Grizz says, I'm hoping that Canales is more than the CW sitcom looks and energetic pep talk. Yeah, he's a a high-octane guy, super personable, super energetic, and I think he's going to mesh well with a lot of the guys on the offensive side of the ball, a lot of the veterans there. And we'll see if he can get the best out of Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. It's going to be an awesome competition to watch this year and uh if you're not already watching would absolutely love if you guys watched our clips on pewter reports youtube channel and please follow us on social media um at pewter report on twitter facebook and instagram and then on youtube it is uh, pewter report tv we got a ton of content out much more to come throughout the rest of the week and next week and um you know each week that we talk about the buccaneers but that's going to do it for us on today's show had a great time interacting with all the pewter people that were watching it i really appreciate you guys tuning in and uh joining me on today's show got a big week coming up next week uh we'll figure out some topics but wednesday we talked to the offensive coaches and then on may 11th the nfl schedule comes out so we're going to be talking a lot about that as well so until then thank you to all the pewter people i'm your host matt matera Have a great weekend. Be safe. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy the Kentucky Derby or whatever else you got going on this weekend. We will see you next week for another edition of the Peter Report Podcast. Out. Have a great weekend. Later.